today I believe Jesus wants to do some pretty awesome things here today, and uh, really just in our hearts, and kind of maybe set the tone here before we get going. Uh, today's really going to be more of a, almost like we're having a family meeting, is that all right? Uh, kind of a heart-to-heart, and so I'm just asking that you guys just, you know, as we pray in a minute, we dive in, that you just really open up your heart and say, okay, Jesus, talk to me, okay? It's really simple, yeah? Y'all with me? Yeah. Awesome. So let's pray, and we will rock and roll. So, Father, thank you today for your word. Thank you for your people. Lord, I thank you for the love that we have for one another in this room. Father, you said in your word, God, that how do we know if we pass from life to death? Because you said because we love the brethren, because we love each other. In fact, uh, Jesus even told us that the world would know you by our love for one another. And so, Lord, we thank you today, God, that that love and that care and that concern for one another would increase in this house today. Father, we pray that as we open up our hearts just to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, God, that you would come with such clarity. And, And, Lord, whatever... Uh, area that we need to grab a hold of. Lord, let's just grab a hold of it. Lord, let it not be muddy, but Lord, like I said, let it be uh, with such clarity we know that that's, that's the area that I need to maybe uh, make a shift in. And so, Lord, today, just thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, thank you for coming and doing only what you can do. You are the teacher. You are the teacher. You're the one that guides us in all truth, and we're just asking that you would do that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen, as, as I was thinking about this morning, I was just thinking about how over the past few months, God has really done some amazing things here at our church. Would you guys agree with that? I mean, just, it, you know, for me as the pastor, it's been, uh, you know, pretty amazing to sit back and just watch how, uh, how God has moved and how he's answered so many prayers. But at the same time, uh, it's been painfully obvious that in the midst of our celebration of all the good things, that the enemy hasn't rolled over and surrendered. And uh, the truth is, he's, he's done the exact opposite. He's went on the offensive. He's attacked uh, some really wonderful people in this church. And, and I think something that's been very telling that it's him is, is it's by the people who have been attacked. And, you know, quite a bit of those people are people that, that I would consider, uh, you know, leaders in the church, people that really help facilitate what happens here on a weekly basis. It, you, you know, it's it's... You know, it's not an uncommon thing when you step up and you begin to do things for God. There's really a target that's on you. Yes? And so, as a pastor, it's been really difficult to sit back and and to kind of watch all those things. And, you know, those things kind of break your heart. And, you know, for, you know, you men that are here, you you know, so often as as men, our wives will come to us and they'll express their heart. They'll pour out their, you know, all their emotions, all those things. And we really don't hear all, you know, any of that emotion stuff. We just want to fix it. Is that true, fellas? And, and so, you know, as a pastor who's not only, you know, yes, but a man, I mean, you know, you just want to fix things. And, and you can't fix everything. You know, you really just need heaven to come, right? And so, anyways, while, I, while I've sat back and I realized that, you know what, there's, there's no two attacks are the same. Meaning that, that two, you know, you line two people up in this room that are getting hammered by the enemy, uh, you know, their, their circumstance is going to be way different. But, but there is one thing that's in common, and that's really this. It's the outcome. And the outcome is this, is that, that, that they are all carrying what the Bible calls a burden. And, you know, to kind of throw something up here on the, on the screen here, the, the burdens that, that these people are carrying might be due to these things. It might be due to a lack of finances and the pressure that comes with it. That's real, right? It, it may be a problem at school. It may be a problem at work. It may be a relational conflict with a, a friend or a family member. It could be an issue in their marriage. It could be that they're struggling with decisions that their child or their children are making. It, you know, it could be that they're dealing with a death or a loss of a loved one or maybe uh, a loved one that, that's having 
health issues or maybe they're uh, struggling with health issues themselves. In, in fact, I'll say this. I don't know if I've ever been a part of a church, especially one that's this small, or so many people are struggling with that, health issues, more than this right now. In fact, I, you know, in the last, I'd say, probably three months, I've seen more people get pneumonia than I've seen in my entire 39 years of existence. You know, and that's not, that's not coincidence, Okay. And so, you know, it could be that maybe that they're struggling with an uncertainty of their future. None of us really know what tomorrow holds, right? Or it could be a combination of several things. But but the truth is, is really uh, anytime you want to start labeling, you know, or making a list of things that people will go through, maybe a crisis that they'll encounter, the, the list is really endless. Would you agree? So here's the simple point that I really want us to grab a hold of right off top. Is this, is if we're aware of it or not, there are those people that we see week after week, literally, they, they come in, we smile at them, we give them a hug, we shake their hand, uh, we say good morning to them. And those people, we don't even know it, but they are currently in a knockdown, drag out spiritual fight with the enemy of their souls. And, you know, the, the crazy part is, is this, that if the enemy has his way, they will either become a casualty of this war or they'll be brought down to only a fraction of who God has destined for them to be. You, you know, most of us in this room are familiar with John 10.10. It's, it's there in that scripture that Jesus begins to tell us the intentions that the devil has when he begins to attack God's people. And it simply says this. Most of you in the room can quote it. But it says that the thief, the enemy, the devil, Satan, whatever you want to call him, it says he does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. If I could give you maybe another wording for that, it would simply be this, that Jesus is telling us that the end game, that the goal that the enemy has in mind every time he comes against us is simply this. It's his plan is to basically to have the plan of God, the will of God aborted from our lives. That's it. That the will of God, the plan of God, all the things that God desires for his people would be aborted in our lives. And so... You know, a biblical example of this, you know, and I'm not going to read the scripture. I'll just give you a quick overview. But but an example of this happening, of the plan of God being aborted from someone's life, is found in Luke chapter 13. In this chapter, Luke writes about Jesus. Here's Jesus. He, he goes in the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he begins to teach. And while he's teaching, there's a woman that comes in that has, that is bent over. She's doubled over. The, you know, this may sound sound funny, but it's the mental image I have that she's, that she's folded like a taco, that she literally, she can't, she can't, uh, straighten up is what the Bible says. And, and in her story, it's not, you know, she hasn't been like this for a week. She hasn't been like this for two weeks. She hasn't been like this for six months. She's been like that for 18 years. That's a long time. Yes. So for 18 years. Now what's interesting is, is Jesus identifies this woman as a daughter of Abraham. So he's saying, look, this is one of God's kids. And he doesn't stop there. He actually says, you know, you know what the cause of her condition is? It is Satan himself. And so what happens here is, is obviously, maybe what I want you guys to see, is that here's this woman, due to her physical condition, due to the fact that she has been attacked by the enemy for 18 years, she cannot do what God has called her to do. Does that make sense? So simple. That, that, that literally that the enemy for 18 years, I want to drive that home, for 18 years he has robbed her of her destiny. For 18 years on a daily basis, guess what's happening? The will of God has been aborted from her life until Jesus showed up and healed her. I don't know about you, but I'm just, in my heart, Jesus, we really need you to show up. 
Yeah, because when he shows up, everything changes. You know, what I liked about today's uh, worship, you know, there might not have been some intimate moment in any of that. uh, But what I what I liked about today's thing, uh, today's worship is literally it was lifting up that name. It's the name of Jesus, because when he comes, everything changes. Amen. So why am I really telling you guys all this? I I believe today, and I really believe this is the Lord, I believe that we have two opportunities that stand in front of us. And so don't miss this. Okay, we have two opportunities today. That, that in other words, we sit back and we recognize that there's people that we really love. There are friends that are getting hammered by the enemy. And, and we who are not being attacked, we have two options. The first option is simply this, is we can do what I saw Growing up again and again and again, people who, in my opinion, uh, do not recognize what the Word of God says, uh, they'll say something like this, well, bless their heart. You, you know, they'll say, I, I just feel so sorry for them and their family right now. I, I can't believe that they're having to go through that. I, you know, if that was me, I just don't know if I could make it. Has anybody ever heard somebody say something like that? And, and unfortunately, those are the people that their knowledge of God, sometimes they think God puts sickness on people. We'll deal with that later. But, or, or they'll think that, you know, you know what will be will be, uh, you know, God's will be done. And, and, you know, in a mentality that, in my mind, it doesn't make sense. Because if everything would just will be what will be, if God's just a sovereign God that, you know, and we just sit back and do this, then what's the purpose of praying? Right? It's like, what's the purpose of praying? Why did he give us authority uh, in the kingdom if, if what will be will be? Here's the other opportunity I think we have. So we can either choose that one, which I hope we do not, or we can choose this opportunity. And it's to do this. It's to do what Isaiah said in 59, 19. He said this. It's what he prophesied. He said, when the enemy comes in like a flood, I think we would agree we're there. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a what? A standard against him. You know, years ago, the Holy Spirit spoke to me one day when I was praying, and he asked me, he said, Quentin, what's the standard? You you know, typically, you know, if you don't know, let me just help you here. Typically, when the Lord speaks to you and asks you a question, it's because he wants to reveal something to you. Okay, it's not to make you feel dumb. It's not to make you feel stupid or inadequate. But, but you know, so the Holy Spirit asked me, Quentin, what, what is the standard here? And then he told me this, the standard is you. The standard's us, gang. Right, you, you know, in other words, we get in our mind that somehow that that here, you know, the enemy has this onslaught and he's attacking us. That the Lord's somehow going to build this dam real quick and stop it, right? But what he's saying is, is guess what? Is is I want my people to take a stand, right? I want my people to stand up and do what? I, I'll just say it like this: the, the the people who are the standard, it's those people who are filled with the irresistible power and presence of God and who are willing to stand in the gap and fight against the enemy for their brothers and sisters in faith, right, until they receive their victory. That's us. That's our, that's our uh, responsibility. Amen? So, so listen, today, as we talk about being a standard, we have an opportunity. And once again, let me reiterate it. Probably the more uh, appropriate word is not opportunity. The more appropriate word is it is our God-given responsibility. Now, hear me this. Nobody is an island to themselves. Right? There's no lone rangers in the kingdom. We're a family. Right? So, so we have a few opportunities or, or a few things that we need to be responsible for. The first one is simply this, and we'll talk about this probably in weeks to come, is to do this. It's to pray and believe God for miracles. That simple. 
to pray and believe God for miracles. Are you hearing me? Listen, if he, if he will do something for somebody in the Bible that he's not willing to do for me today, he's an unjust God. Are you following me? So, so it, it is. So let me just say it this way. So when people are around this, it, it's not it's not that we just sit back and go, oh, I'm so sorry that's happened to you. No, it's our job to take everything that God has given us to go stand in the gap and to pray and believe God to move on their behalf. Yes, and not and not do this. And I think this is may, maybe the thing we need to hear this morning, or one of the things. It's this. It's not to do it just once. It's to keep bombarding heaven until heaven moves. Yeah? The second opportunity, and this is really one we're going to talk about today. It's when I feel, um, it, it's funny. Actually, as I was kind of praying and studying, I wanted to talk about the first one today. And my heart landed on this second one. So that's what we're going to talk about. The second one is this. Is that we have an opportunity or the responsibility to demonstrate, to live out biblical community with each other. So let's talk about that for a few minutes. All right? Are you all Okay. So let's start by looking at Galatians chapter 6. It says this. It says, if someone falls into sin, Paul's talking about community here. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him, saving your critical comments for yourself. All right. We hear you, Brother Paul. All right, so. It says, you might be needing forgiveness before the day is out. That's a little bit of perspective. So it says, watch this, stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. That's what an attack is. The Bible says in Acts 10.38 that Jesus went about, why? Because he was anointed with the Holy Ghost. He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Okay? So then he says this, and this part I want us to hear today. I just got to give it to you in context. He says, to share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. Share their burdens. Let me, before we go to the next scripture, let me say this. We, we live in a day and time and a culture that really, 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 they don't know they're preaching, but they're preaching independence. And, and there's, this, there's this attitude that I got to get mine. I got to watch out for number one. I got to watch out for me. And it's this very independent culture, but that's not the way the kingdom of heaven operates. Okay, watch, watch uh, the way another translation says Galatians 6.2. Flip to the next. Yeah, there you go. It says to bear, to carry one another's burdens. Can somebody say burdens? Burdens. It says, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So the first thing I want us to see here is this, that when Paul chose the Greek word for burden in verse 2, he chose the word that refers to this. This is very important you get this or, the, or what we're going to talk about at the end will not make sense to you, okay? But, but, it, but it means to this. It means to basically a person that has a load that is so heavy on them that it causes them to feel like he or she is being weighed down or crushed. You get that? that? That life is coming at them so hard, man, they're feeling the weight of that thing, and they feel like it, that they're just going to crumble underneath it. So before we go into this, let me just ask you today, have any of you guys ever been in a place where you've been so burdened, so weighed down by the cares of this life that you thought, dear God, if something doesn't change soon, I feel like I'm going to collapse under this thing? Anybody ever been there? L- listen. I'm asking you that question for a reason because I think we've all been there at one point or another. 
if we haven't, more than likely we will before we die. Right? And looking back on our experience, we either were very, very thankful that we had uh, somebody there with us that we didn't have to walk through it alone. Or we wish someone would have been there with us so we wouldn't have to walk alone. Right? You, you know, I, I, keep, I keep this morning, I keep thinking about when Pastor Brian shared, uh, you know, of, it's been maybe two months ago now where he said that he was sitting on the couch with his, with his hood over his head. Right? The weight of the world on him. Right? And what did Miss Leah do? Got all up in his grill. And, and I love a woman of God. And, and, and spoke not to him, but everything that was happening. Remember him talking about that? And just declared the word of God over his life. Why? Because he needed heaven to come. Make sense? And, and so, you know, I, for me personally, there's been times where I've wanted to do that. And I'm just thankful that I had my wife. I'm thankful that I had Pastor Brian. I'm thankful that I had our friend named Eddie. There, there's, I'm thankful that there's things that I have gone through that I didn't have to walk through alone. But there's been times in my life where I felt like I was alone. Yes? So, so going back to Galatians uh, two, uh, 6, verse 2 here, here's what I believe Paul is saying. I believe he is saying this, that, that we in this room, we need to begin to recognize how many people come through these doors uh, week after week who feel like the weight of the world's on their shoulders. And guess what? They, the simple truth is this, is they may or they may not tell us about the pain, the fear, the anxiety, or the internal struggles that they are constantly battling on a daily basis. Are you all with me today? Now, now, the truth is, is some people will be older, some people will be younger. It, you know, I think sometimes for, for the older generation, it's easy to brush off the younger generation. That's wrong. Are you hearing me? The, the Bible's very clear about the older generation teaching the younger generation, so do not blow them off. Okay? And, you know, some of them will look like they have it all together on the outside. Some of them will look like they got nothing together. Some people that, that are coming in with the weight of the world on the shoulders have been in church for 40 years. Others, it's the first time they've ever walked through the door. But I believe here's what Paul is saying in this verse. That it is our God-given responsibility to notice them. It's really that simple. That we need to notice them. And I'm going to get ahead of myself and say this for a second. But, but so often... Uh, as believers, we come to church with one person in mind, ourselves, unless we're hoping that the preacher will preach something that our wife will hopefully get because she's not listening to me. And then we think about somebody else. Y'all know that's more true than you want to admit. Anyways, I'm so glad he's preaching that today. All right. It's this, though. It's It's... That, that Paul is talking to the Galatian church here. And, of course, you know, in the Galatian church, there's this battle between Judaism and, and basically uh, the Gentiles, right? And there's they're this conflict that's going on. And basically, in the middle of all that conflict, he's saying, look, you need to notice each other. And you don't even need to just notice each other, but you need to do this. You need to see each other. You need to have a heart to care for each other. You need to encourage one another. You need to pray for each other. You need to serve one another. You need to get involved in each other's lives. Can y'all look up, please? I know what I'm saying is not easy. Yes? I, I, I know it's easy to come in church and go, I hope they sing songs I like today. I hope he preaches something I like today. And I hope nobody bothers me. And I'm going to leave because, bless God, Moody's is open. I'm going to go get me a, what's, what's one of the whoopie pies? And I'm a, man, I'm excited. It's easy to come to church like that, right? Or, or be so consumed with what all you got to do. Uh, you know, when you get home today, 
Yeah? But Paul is saying, man, we've got to start noticing one another. And the reason is simply this, is I believe Paul is saying, man, look, I, we, we need people in the church that are connected with God to go and to connect with people in a deeper way. Because once again, they need the goodness of God. They need the kingdom of God released in their lives. See, here's the funny part. Am I being too honest with you guys today? Is is good because I wasn't going to stop. And so I'm kidding. It was, I'm kidding. I, love, I don't know why I do that. Anyways, it's funny to me. I tell Jen, Jen, if you knew everything that went on in my mind while I was preaching, it, I think of so much stuff that's just funny, but I try to hold back. Anyways, but I'm losing my point here. Here's what it is. You know, I think it's easy to come in church, basically carefree. I'm going to do my thing today uh, until we're in a crisis, and then we want somebody to help us. And, but when we're not in a crisis, we never think about that somebody else might be in a crisis. That's really what I'm saying. So, it's my opinion, and you can just take this for what it's worth, but to me, one of the greatest tragedies of our day, and especially in the church, because this is where it really should be happening, is this, is that we rarely ask each other from a place of genuine sincerity this simple question, how are you doing today? And it's really this, how are you really doing today? And I I think most of us have, have come accustomed you know, to, to living in a way that we inwardly hope, we never tell anybody that, but we inwardly hope that they're going to give us the expected, uh, you know, uh, patent answer, right? That they'll just say, I'm doing great, and you get to move on. Thank God. Thank God they're doing great. And we rush off to basically do, um, you know, whatever the next thing is on our busy schedule. And, but you know what, so just as we're guilty of that, can y'all say amen to that, that we do that? Okay, like you're just like, hope God, please don't let them drop the bomb on me. You see the person that you think is going to drop the bomb and you <laughs> go the other way. Don't act like you've never done that. There they are at Walmart. Okay, all right, moving right along. <laughs> so I'm too honest with you guys. So I never do anything like that. So <laughs> uh, I'd be lying to you. Listen, listen I, I've straight been to Walmart before and I said, Jesus, please don't let me run anybody from church today. <laughs> I love y'all. Sometimes I, I, you know, I'm in a hurry. So anyways, but so what's it? So just as we are, just as we're, as we are guilty of saying that, Hey, how are you doing today? Okay, good. I got the, the patent answer. Let's move on. We're just as guilty as when someone asks us, how are we doing today? We lie. We're not honest. How are you doing today? Inside, it's not going well. I, I'm doing great. You, you, you know, there, there was a, there was a person at our church in North Carolina for 14 years, I asked this man, how are you doing today, sir? Blessed and highly favored of the Lord. 14 years. I was like, man, you're so lying. Because <laughs> I know over, over 14 years every day is not that great. Anyways. So watch this, though. Here's kind of the point. But because all of this has kind of become the norm, this, this interaction, this really surface level, what's happening is, is a multitude of really good-hearted people, they leave church after church, service after service, and they never feel like they're really known. You're, am I making sense, you guys? T- today, I mean, literally, in your moment, sit back and, and be on your three friends that are here to go, man, do these people really know me? Now, obviously, part of that is people come and pull the phony in church so often, right? 
Yeah. But, but think about it. You, you know, do we really, really, really want everything to remain at surface level? What fun is that? You, you know, we, when you decide to do family and community with people, uh, you know, it's going to get messy. And you're going to see stuff in people that you wish you never saw. But, man, the rewards outweigh all of that. Yes? Some of you guys are scared right now. Listen, I realize today that some, some people that are sitting here, you go, man, I don't feel like I got anyone that I can open up to. I get that. L- listen, if, if anybody, you know, a few of us in here that, that have been pastors or are pastors, you, you want to talk about feeling like you don't have anybody to open up to? We understand. Yes, yes. I mean, we, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, man, if, if, if only everybody knew. <laughs> Right? What would they think? What would they, and the enemy plays with your mind in that kind of stuff. He does, because if you don't look like you have it all together for a moment, how can you minister to everybody? But it's out of that brokenness you can minister to everybody. You know? So you learn how to find people you can trust. But, but I'll say this, that, that a lot of us say, well, man, I don't feel like I have anybody to open up to. Or you go, well, maybe I'm really, I'm just afraid. Right? That's a genuine, genuine feeling, Right? Or, or maybe you just go, man, I, and I think this is mainly probably one of the biggest things in church is people just don't know how, right? Especially in a, in a day and age where people hide behind computers and social media a lot. You really don't know how to open up with people. You really don't. If that's the world that consumes you, you're missing out on a healthy interaction that's of God. It's called with people face-to-face, okay? Amen? So anyways, so, so I get the fact that, that you may not know how to do all that, that you may be afraid, you may not feel like you have anybody, but man, do you really want to keep leaving service after service, small group after small group, prayer meeting after prayer meeting, just as burdened and weighed down as you were as when you walked in the door, right? So, so here's the simple point that I believe Paul is making here in Galatians 6.2, and I'm just going to reiterate this. He's saying that all that stuff that we're talking about, that none of that should be happening in the church. In other words, that nobody should feel like they're just alone, right? That, that, that he's saying this, that when a, when a fellow believer is under that weight, when they feel like they're under so much pressure that they feel like they're going to break, if somebody doesn't come along, help them carry the load, right? He's saying this, that it's our responsibility as a community of believers to come up underneath them, to bear that burden, and in so doing that, we fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? It's to love each other as Christ loved us. Yeah? Let me give you a great example, and some of you guys may already thought about this. But let me give you a perfect example of what this looks like in Exodus 17. It says this. It says, while the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, that's how an Alabama guy says that. I don't know how you say it another way. It says, the warriors of Amalek, I think that's right too, attacked them. Get that. So they're attacking God's people. It says, Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. And he says this, tomorrow I will stand at the top of a hill holding the staff of God in my hand. Get that. Holding the staff of God in my hand. How heavy is a staff? A stick. Not that heavy, right? 
It says, so Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. Get that. As long as he could handle what was going on in life, man, they were winning. It says, but whenever he dropped his hand, in other words, when the cares of this world got too heavy for him, the Amalekites, once again, he's trying to do it on his own. The enemy, guess what, gained the advantage. Are y'all seeing this? In verse 12, it says, Moses' arms soon became so tired that he could no longer hold them up. And here's the thing. It's not that we, that we go through something for a week. It's, it's typically uh, when the attack is prolonged that it gets so heavy, that stick, that first it wasn't that big a deal. The first week, two weeks, three weeks, it was pretty easy. Four years later, my God, this thing is crushing me. Are you feeling me? So, so here it is. It's, it's the length of the battle caused the weight to overcoming so that it began to once again crush him. It says, so Aaron and Hur found, don't miss this, please. If you, if you don't hear anything today, hear this. I'll probably tell you that one again. But watch this. It says that, so Aaron and Hur found a what? A stone for him to sit on. Gang, that is where ministry must begin in a community. What do you mean by that, Pastor? We need to remember today that Jesus is the cornerstone, that he is the capstone, that he is the rock of our salvation, right? That he is the word, he is what we build our life upon. And so guess what? If we're going to minister to one another, it's not what you got in you, right? It's the stone that you bring, Jesus who is in you, to the table that can really be the foundation of what you're about to interact with them on, okay? And then it says this, it says, then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands, so his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Malik in battle. In other words, once again, they crawled up underneath Moses' arms and helped him carry the load, and they supported and served him until, gets this, until the fight was over. They didn't say this, well, Moses only got five minutes. Right? Well, I can help you on Tuesday. Now, I'm going to pray for you next Thursday. I got you. I got you. You're on the list. Right? So it's saying, look, man, I'm going to do this until the fight is over. I remember one of the greatest impactful moments I've ever had in my life. I had a friend that called me from another state. He said, he said, he said, Q-Dog, we're going to pray. And he said, sorry. He said, Quentin, not Quentin, Pastor Quentin. He said, we're friends. He said, look, he goes, man, I'm going to fast and pray for you until God speaks to you. That's a good friend. Are you with me? Because he lived in Alabama where there's really good barbecue. That's a sacrifice. So, but, but here's the thing that I want you to see in this story is get, notice that Aaron and her, they put Moses' need before theirs. Because, because here's the truth. If, 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 you know, if Mike is here and his arms are getting tired and I get like this, how many of you guys know that, guess what, my arm's probably going to get tired in this too? And so often we get tired, go, oh gosh, you gotta deal with that again. We go, forget that mess. You're on your own this week. Right? So it's gonna be strenuous on you too. Could you help carrying it? Right? All right. Let me wrap this up with a few thoughts. That's the main thing I wanna to say today, but let me give you a few thoughts, and hopefully some of this will land home. So when I think about our church, obviously I'm a little biased. Okay? I think we're a pretty, uh, pretty great at loving people and pretty good at welcoming people. I think we're really good at that. Okay? You know, so 
that, that's something that I'm really grateful for. In fact, I, I, you know, over the past, whatever, almost three years now, I guess three years in August, I've sat back and I've been blown away by how uh, amazing some of you guys are to each other. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome to see. So here's the thing, though, today is I believe God wants us to make a, a shift in how we view something. And I believe he, he wants us to make a, a shift in how, in how we view, basically, how ministry takes place here on a Sunday morning. Please wake up for this, okay? So often we, we come in on a Sunday morning and our view of ministry is the few songs that we're going to sing and whoever's preaching that day, and we go, well, that's the ministry. And I want you to know God wants to, once again, he wants us to uh, expand our um, view of how ministry is really supposed to happen here. Here's what I believe God wants to do, okay? And, it, and I'm talking to every single person in this room. I believe that he wants us to all come ready, prayed up, full of the presence of God, with hearts and eyes wide open, to minister to one another. Let me give you a picture of what I mean. This morning, it blessed me. I walked in here, and I, I came rolling in with the two, with uh, three of the kids this morning. And so I came in later than normal, and, and there was a person that was in prayer, and they were over there praying for another person. One person was crying. The other person was doing ministry. That's what I'm talking about. In other words, somewhere in that connection... Uh, the person that was praying for them could have said, you know what, well, I'm here to pray. I'm, I, I, got, I, got, I got my kids to pray for, and I got, I got things that I need to pray for in my family. I don't have time for her. But they put it down and let me go minister to her. That's body. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the family of God. Because what happens is if somebody said, let, let me take my interest and set aside for a minute, let me see what's going on with you. And so, so when you come in here, you know, on Sundays, it's, it's kind of this mindset, to, if you can kind of get this, that I've walked with God so much throughout the week that I've been like a sponge that's, that has absorbed the presence of God. And when I come to church, I get to squeeze. Yeah? Or maybe it's really this, maybe a more accurate statement in the way of saying that is, that, is that when the Holy Spirit begins to direct us, He begins to squeeze what He's put in us throughout the week, and then we get to minister to somebody. Because, because what, what we miss so often, once again, we come with the mentality that says, well, I, you know, I hope, once again, they do songs I want. I hope that guy preaches what I want. And, and then they think, you know, well, well, okay, that was either good or it was bad, and I'll go home. But that's not the way a body works. not the way a family works. Yeah? So a family's there for, for, for each other, right? Yes? It's, it's kind of like this. Yesterday while I was... While I was studying, uh, one of our kids, he, he, he's starting to create a pattern here in his life. He, he got his hand slammed in the door, of the front door. He's all right. It's all right. He's tough. He's a sea wolf. Anyway, so y'all don't even know. And so some of y'all get that later. Anyway, so, so his, his little hand got slammed in the door, and he, and he let out squeal like he was a little girl. And, uh, and, and people went running to him. Right? Nobody went... Oh, well, he's hurt. That's what I'm saying. When, when, you, when somebody comes in, you notice that, that, their, that their life has been slammed in the door of life that you run to them. Yeah? And you help them. Am I being clear with this today? So, you know, the cool part of what happens here 
is when that begins to happen on a Sunday, it'll inevitably begin to move beyond a Sunday. And, and really, that's what we're talking about here today is really one of the core hopes of our small groups. Right? Because, watch this, because this guy can't do it all. So we all need each other. Yeah? All right, let's get on the pony and move. All right, for that to happen, let me go quick here. A few things are essential. I'm going to say some things that may be strong here, but here we go. First thing needs to happen is we need to be full of concern and compassion for one another. We have to be. We have to love each other. Yes? Second thing is, is we've got to have a others first mentality. I keep saying that. In other words, when you come to church, you're thinking about other people, not just yourself. The next thing is this. You've got to be willing to go beyond surface level. Ministry happens uh, through the context of relationship. Right? Don't come get in my grill and tell me what I should do if you don't know me. Can I get a witness? So, and then lastly is this. We have, a, and this goes both ways. There needs to be a willingness to, to know each other and, and to also to be known. Okay? And I'll talk about that more in a second. But I want to say something to you in love real quick. It, it is my observation that some of us in this room, everybody please hear this, that, that some of us in this room are great at giving, but we stink at receiving. That we're great at giving, but we stink at receiving. And at the same time, guess what? There's some of us in this room that are great at receiving, but we stink at giving. And I want you to see today that both are equally wrong. Okay? Because neither one of them are God. And if we're going to do community with one another, we got to find a balance in all this. Amen? It's key. So if I can, let me address those real fast. Is this. Is, is for those of us who stink at receiving... If you're here this morning, listen, you're going through a difficult time. Watch this. Please do not keep it a secret. Please don't try to fight alone. Please don't try to be a superhero that thinks you can do everything, right? Please don't expect us, and this is huge. I'm speaking to a direct people here at the moment. Please don't expect us to read your mind because we cannot, okay? Uh, you know, God, if they really loved me, they would. How do we know? Right? We're not God, right? And so, so I'm simply asking this for this moment, okay? For you guys that, that really have a hard time receiving, I'm asking you to meet us in the middle. It, it, how can we do community together if both of us are not honest? Yes? So, so it's, it's this thing that I understand. Once again, I've kind of said this already. I understand that it's difficult to open up and reveal what's everything that's going on. I get that. But, but I want you to understand today that, that the weight of everything that you're carrying will do more damage in the long run than if you're just willing to open up. It'll take a toll on you after a while, yes? And, and so, you know, part of it is, is, once again, because we're not wired to be alone, but, but there's another thing I want you to see. If you've noticed, uh, you know, for the past... I don't know, past month, two months or so, that, that I've said, hey, we have people that are down here to pray for you at the end of service. That's for you. Right? That's for you. That if that's you, that you're going, man, I need somebody to stand with me. I have somebody to stand with me. Don't fall into this trap because people are leaving that you're afraid to go against the crowd. If you need Jesus, go get Jesus. Yes? Because, because I have particularly asked people that I think who walk with Jesus to come stand up here that can help you. Yes? Because, listen to me. As your pastor, those people are people that I ask to pray for me. Fair enough? So if I trust them with me, I'm definitely willing to trust them with y'all. 
All right? So please take advantage of that instead of doing this. I brought my burden in, and I set my butt down, and I carry my burden all through service, and now I'm going to leave with it. No, 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 no. Go get some prayer. Please. Please. Let someone bring heaven for you, okay? All right. Now, for us that are great at receiving but stink at giving, I'm probably going to go in a little bit different direction than you think here. And everybody open up your heart and smile at me really big, okay? But, listen, when I became a Christian... I quickly realized that anytime a, a church or a ministry has a heart to help people who are in need, there will always be a line. Y'all get what I'm saying? In other words, you, you know, it's like you, somebody finds out, man, that church, that ministry, man, they're great at blessing people. Man, news will spread very quickly, and, and, and people will come calling, right? They'll show up at the front door, and, and, you know, a majority of those things are legitimate, serious needs, all right? And then there's some of those people who basically just want to be freeloaders, if I can be blunt, okay? That, that in other words, that they are finding a way to leech off someone else's uh, goodwill and kindness, right? And, and so the truth is, is those people that typically do that, it's because they don't want to get a job. They don't want a job. And, and they got plenty of excuses why they can't get a job, and they got plenty of excuses why uh, they're in the situation that they're in. But the truth is, is guess what? Once again, they're freeloading, and, man, they're completely content and just looking for someone else to pay their bills so they can get a free ride in life. Am I being too honest? And, and so what happens is, is this, is I have found over the years that, guess what? You can help those people, but by helping those people with financial assistance, guess what? It doesn't really help them at all. Get that. It does not help them at all. And the reason is it just simply prolongs the way they've been living and it empowers them to continue to be irresponsible. Okay? And after a while, what happens is, guess what? Uh, you know, it's kind of like this. Let me maybe say this and I'll move on. Why would they get a job? Why? If everyone else will pay their bills for them. If everybody else can take their responsibility off of them, why do it? Right? And unfortunately, what happens, and I'll just kind of add this here, is, is the people who are legit and the people who are phonies get all intertwined, and it messes up real ministry. Okay? And so, but let me say this. Here's why I'm saying all this. Here's where I'm going. Is I want us in this room to guard our hearts from being spiritual freeloaders. Y'all stay with me, because I'm going to talk to some of you, all right? I don't have anybody in my head right now, but I'm going to talk to somebody, all right? I try to not do that stuff. But here's the thing, is, is we don't need to be the kind of people who constantly shirk our spiritual responsibilities of standing and fighting for ourselves. You get that? The truth is, listen, it is easier to ask someone else to pray for you than it is to pray for yourself. It is easier to ask somebody to tell us what we should do than it is to go read the Bible and find out for ourselves. Can I get a witness? <laughs> so, you know, basically it's this. It's easier, if I can say it this way, it is easier to cast our burdens on everyone else than it is to even go with our own responsibility and cast the burden upon the Lord. Right? And, and so what happens is, is because people are in this cycle of being spiritual freeloaders, right? In other words, let me say it this way, maybe the best way. They love being people's projects. Okay? And, and I... I have learned that if you let a project leech off you and suck you dry, they'll rob you of all the other people who really want ministry. And here's the, here's the, here, maybe here's the deciding factor 
is this. Is let's say this guy is leeching. And these people really need help. And I spend all this time with him. Here's what I found out about spiritual freeloaders. Is they really don't want change. It's no different than that person that calls to church again and again and again and again. Because we're on the list. Right? And wants help. Okay? And we, we don't mind helping people. Don't mistake what I'm saying. But it's in the sense of that person really doesn't want to change their situation. And so what happens is I spend hour after hour after hour after hour after hour with this guy. And he refuses to be accountable. He refuses to take heed to what we're saying and apply anything that we've been saying to him. Thus, his situation doesn't change. And what's happened is, is he's robbed us of the hours that we could have spent here with people who are really longing for Jesus. Am I making sense? Who are teachable. So, so part of this, watch this, is, and I'll move on, is I want us to see this morning that every one of us in this room have, have covenant rights. And those people that we keep trying to run to, they're just people that are operating in those covenant rights. But they're not operating in anything that's not available for me. Okay? That, that here it is that guess what? That, that I have, once again, been given spiritual authority. I've been given the same armor. And guess what? I've even been given a mouth to declare the word of God over my own life. Who knew? Right? So here's what I'm saying today. Let's use those privileges. Right? So, so once again, why am I saying this? Okay, P- Pastor, that don't make any sense. You're talking about carrying each other's burdens, and now you're here talking about this. Because, once again, we have to meet in the middle. Right? It's no different from that person that sits back and goes, well, I, I, you know, because I have a hard time receiving, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to be a burden on anybody. I don't want to stress anybody out. It's really mine. It's really... Once again, that is wrong just as much as gimme, 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 but I don't want to change anything. Right? Okay? Once again, we need to meet in the middle if this is really going to happen. Let me show you one last scripture and we're done. Go back to Galatians 6. Watch what Paul really said here. Context. It says, If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restores him, restore him, saving your critical comments for yourself. Y'all remember that, right? You might be needing forgiveness before the day's out. Yeah, thank you. It says, Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens. Somebody say, Share their burdens. Share their burdens. And so complete Christ's law. Watch this. If you think you are too good for that, you are badly deceived. Make a careful exploration of your of who you are and the work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that. Watch this. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Here's what I want you to see. Watch this. We went from uh, verse, verse 2. Now we're in verse 5. Sorry for the thing there. It's really 1 through 5. And then it says, each of you must, be, must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Look at the other translations, Galatians 6, 5. Yep, next one. Yep, thank you. For every man shall bear his own burden. So one side is saying carry each other's burdens. Now Paul is saying you need to carry your own doggone burden. So, so here's the thing. Is, is Paul confused? Is he contradicting himself? He has not. Remember the first burden meant this. A person's under heavy load. You need to help them. Here's what this one means here. The word burden in verse 5, it's a different Greek word. It means this. We'll be done. It actually, means, it actually means it is a military term that was used to indicate the expected amount of weight that every soldier was expected to carry in his or her bag, kit, or backpack. It also meant this, the normal individual responsibility that every person must carry for him. 
self. It's this simple. There's just some things people can't do for you. You've got to be able to take it to Jesus and do it yourself. There's a fine balance of all of this. Part of it is, is realize that, that there's that side that I want us to understand, yes, we, people need to carry our burdens, but what I don't want us to do is become so dependent on people that we forget to be dependent in God. Right? That's what I'm saying. And so it's this side that, that you know what, today you guys are going to go home, you're going to eat, you know, uh, a fabulous lunch. Right? You're going to eat a great lunch. You know, are, are you going to expect the person that's three rows in front of you or behind you to come do your dishes later? No, that's your responsibility. Yes? It's like this. You wash your own underwear, praise God. Right? And so... Yeah, start today. Yes. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Listen, is that... <laughs> It's simply this, that, that we would, that we would uh, share what we need to share, but we would own what we need to own, and we would move forward. Because, because once again, nobody can want this for us more than we want it for ourselves. If we want to grow in God, we got to go get it. Right? Yes. Amen. Let's stand to your feet, please. So today, as we close, I simply, if, 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 you, guys, if you guys are people that we've asked to be on the ministry team, can you please come up? Today, I I simply, as your pastor, I'm asking that we would be willing to be the standard. That's it. That we'd be willing to be the standard. And and just that we'd begin to share one another's burdens, that we would carry them. Can we do that? Can we do that? That that it's this, that, that when you are... When you come to church, maybe you're home hanging out with family, maybe you're work, maybe you walk around town, you would ask the Holy Spirit to help you to notice people and help you care for them and help you love them. And, uh, and then when you, if you discern that they're going through something, that you would simply go and say, hey, how can I pray for you? Hey, what's happening in your life? Hey, is there anything that I can do for you? Yes, that we would be the body. Amen? So let's pray. And uh, if you need prayer, these few guys are down here uh, at the end of service, and they're willing to pray for you. So, Father, I thank you today. We thank you today, God, that you're giving us an opportunity to be the standard for one another. And so, Lord, we're just asking today, God, that the revelation light would come on in our hearts, that we would begin to see how we can carry each other's burdens. And, Lord, we pray today, God, that we'd be people who who would be willing to do that, God, just with a heart of love, with a heart of concern, with a heart of compassion for one another. And, Lord, we pray, uh, God, today that you would just help us to look beyond ourselves. God, it's so easy to, to put our own interests first. And, uh, Lord, we're asking, God, that you would show us, God, how to hold up uh, each other's arms and put each other first. And, uh, Lord, today, if we're people that struggle with, man, I don't, I don't have anybody to open up to, or I'm afraid, or maybe I'm, or maybe I'm uh, you know, I just don't know how. God, will you teach us how? God, will you teach us how? God, would you give us connections in this body, God, with people who we can be honest with and open with? And, Lord, we recognize that it's not going to be every person. It doesn't need to be every person. It just needs to be a few people that we can really just go, man, here's who I really am. And, Lord, we are asking today, God, that if we're people who who maybe have, have depended on people way too much, God, teach us how to depend on you. Teach us how to create that relationship with you where you're first and foremost. That we would, maybe the best way to say it, God, that we would quit seeking sister so-and-so first and we would seek you first. 
So, Lord, today we just commit all this to you. Father, thank you for your people. Do what you need to do in our hearts. Lord, we bless you and we just honor you today. In Jesus' name, amen.